Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And today, drop your pencils and grab your weapons for we're delving into the Belco Experiment and Battle Royale. Yeah. I'm Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Murr. I'm Justine. And I'm Jonathan. So let's go into the Belco Experiment first. Sounds good. What were your initial thoughts on these movies? Hated them. No, uh, <laughs> on Belko Experiment, at least. Least favorite movie ever. Yeah. No, the Belko Experiment, I thought, is an enjoyable movie because of the cast. If it had been any other cast, then I think the movie would have flopped. I could agree with that sentiment. I like the movie because it's like Office Space meets Battle Royale. It had the awkward funniness of Office Space. My, at certain o- moments. my only problem is that they don't use office supplies to kill yeah, each other. Yeah, that was. One of the things I had thought about, too. Well, that one chick, she used that paper slicer that was to chop yeah. that guy down. She didn't actually kill him, though. She cut his, uh, what is that? His Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. She cut the back of it. That's like a, cl- like, that's shown a lot in the movie. It's a useful skill to have. I think of Kill Bill. Yeah. I was just going to say Kill Bill, but then you already you Stole did it. it. So Dang. you did it. You swiped it. Finessed. Hey, swipe or no swiping. Your name is Buck, right? Yeah, <laughs> and you're here to fuck, uh, smash his head and door. We got the d- tape dispenser kill too. Let's not forget that one. Heavy ass tape dispenser. <laughs> I, I did enjoy the tape dispenser kill. It was such an iconic moment. Just the shot of him raising it up in this, like the uh, the silhouette while the training video plays again. in the background. <laughs> now is your moment, and he fucking kills him at the end of that. Yeah, I just I don't know. The Belko experience funny. And also a fun time, but, like, it's kind of weird. It's a weird movie, I gotta say. I don't know. I felt like, comparatively, Battle Royale was a little, like, quirkier than Belco. I mean, there were definitely some quirky, funny moments in Belco Experiment. But I felt like Belco was... It made me feel very, like, tense, you know, watching it. Oh, yeah. They get really serious at some points. And you're like, oh, this is, like, a very serious, brutal movie. You kind of feel for these people. You feel for, I mean, like, the COO of the company... Who's going through this? Like you kind of like okay, this guy seems kind of sound and reasonable. Like he's trying to calm people down, get them water, help them out, and then like he comes to realize that he's like taking his like tactical training into account. And now he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna need weapons. Oh, you're we're, talking about the guy who turns into the villain? We're gonna need to get everyone up. At, yeah, get everyone up against the wall. Old people over here, young people over here I, with kids. I call this team. I have a name for them. Give me a moment. For this team of people that all like grab the guns and everything, they are called the corporate bootlickers. Incels. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it works. It works. They are, they are the corporate bootlickers, and they are uh, they are all terrible. They are all awful. All, no all of them are terrible. Especially Creepy Cox. Yeah. Which is not the name of that actor, but he is Dr. Cox. Yeah. On Scrubs? On Scrubs. Yeah, yeah. he's Dr. Scrubs. <laughs> he's Dr. Scrubs. <laughs> yeah, he's, doc- about, he's Dr. Uh, Scrubs, right? No. I just kept seeing scrub. him do his like happy dance that he does on that show, <laughs> but like it was inappropriate for the movie. You're talking about John, John C. McGinley, right? Yes, yes that's who I'm talking that's about. Who it and is. He plays Wendell Dukes, like yes. the socially awkward well, guy but- that doesn't know how to take signs. Yeah, know how to take no I mean, for an answer. I mean, I mean yeah, especially no from. Kidding. I mean, if you're watching Scrubs at all at some point, because I know it's on all the streaming things. If you've ever watched it, it's a very big character switch for him too. Yeah, for real. It's a lot different, like watching him do this on this uh, particular movie. Anyway, that's really interesting because the only thing I know him from is Stan versus Evil, which is a really bad show from Hulu, but like it's kind of funny. 
It's basically like he's just an old man in the woods trying to retire and like demons come out of the woods and he's just like, I wanted to get beer today. <laughs> it's just like, oh, look, there's Cthulhu. Fuck. Like, it's really dumb. <laughs> um, I guess we could just go into a little bit of the production notes because the yeah. cast is very stellar. Yeah, they had a really good cast. They have a few people from Guardians of the Galaxy as um, well in the film. So I'm glad you brought that up because it was written by James Gunn. Yeah, which is like, nice. what the fuck? He's written a lot of just random shit. But, I mean, this isn't outside of anything James Gunn's no. done. This dude used to work on trauma movies. Yeah, exactly. Okay, like, we can't. Yeah. We've so, talked about one of the movies yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, we talked about yeah, it, he a few did trauma the fucking, films. He did the fucking Scooby-Doo movies, too. That's right. Which ones? I, the one with Big Titty Velma. Oh, shit. Oh, the live action one. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about this. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So, so it makes sense that he would make something like this. So this movie was released in 2016. It was directed by Greg McLean. It was re- released in the U.S. by under Blumhouse's name. Right. Uh, it had a budget of $5 million and it grossed $11.1 million in the box office. So it made some money. It was but, not a complete mm-hmm. flop. Uh, but it stars some pretty good guys. John Gallagher Jr. as Mike Milch. He's been in something else. I, I know it. I, I don't know what else he's been in. We should look that up real quick. We really should. Uh, Tony Goldwyn as Barry Norris. He's also super recognizable. I just don't remember where. Uh, Adria Argiona as Leandra Flores. Flores. You got John C. McGinley, of course. Uh, Sean Gunn, James Gunn's little brother, as Marty, the <laughs> stoner cafeteria worker. That guy's great. I love him. <laughs> He's fucking it's awesome. in the water, man. <laughs> that would be me, honestly. Like, drink that fucking water. You know what they put in that shit? Fucking fluoride and shit? Man, <laughs> he's like or just on the roof and he's just like, he's like, you know, you guys all, it's just all in your heads. What's going on right now. It's all in your heads. And then the chick's <laughs> head explodes next to him. And he's just like, uh, traumatized. That was the rest like of the his film. whole mantra. His head didn't explode though. He died from something else. Right. Yeah. The, he yeah no, he got shot in the throat. Yeah. I just remember that there sucks. was a scene where he was like, it's all in my head as everybody's heads are exploding around him. Like, yeah, it's definitely in your head, bro. Oh, fuck. I mean, this is one of those things. The movie, struggles a little bit with like tonal shifts and things like that. And that's kind of one of the big things with this one is it doesn't know when to be funny and when to be serious right away. And it has a lot of those weird, like, all right, so this is kind of a funny moment and now we're going to get to like mass murder that and then back to funny. Also one of my critiques, it, it did not handle transitions very well when it came to switching between those two, because that's like the hardest thing to make is a horror comedy. And yeah. so uh, the the transitions were rough whenever you went to like funny joke. Someone just got their head smashed in. You're like, oh, <laughs> like that whole scene with the water. Like it happens right after people get murdered. And it's just not and, funny. And the guy's like, oh, the, the floor is going to get moldy. And you're supposed to laugh, but it kind of feels weird. What, what, yeah. a, what a fucking line, though. Like, the, they spill water everywhere. Everyone just had their heads blown up, and people are trying to kill each other. And the thing you're concerned about is the mold that this water will make. It's like, sir, you may die soon. Why are you caring about cleanliness in this moment? <laughs> I feel like that's a great commentary on people who work in an office, though. They think, worry about dumb shit like that. No, yeah. I think it could also be representative of how people cope with, like, a dramatic oh, event that's like true. that by using yeah. humor. Yeah, he I think awkward. that's something that people definitely do a lot, especially when they feel uncomfortable in any situation, is to use humor to lighten the mood. Agreed. And and that's like something I wanted to talk about with you guys. Like, how do you feel like when people are put into these dire situations, um, people change their nature. And so like from what these movies, like what you saw, like what did you get out of it? And like, do you think that the human nature that were displayed in this movie 
was well executed. Like how, think, how they shift. I think it definitely shows the types of reactions, especially like how you had sorted out everybody into their own groups. Each group had a certain way that they would handle the situation, like the corporate bootlickers. They obviously had all the power in the first place. They knew where everything was. They kind of had the upper hand and they wanted to take control of the situation. Also, make sure that they came out on top. Yeah. At least one of them was military trained too. So. Yeah, I think two of them Corporate were. Corporate dog, I mean. It was I'm, the COO and the creepy guy, right? Yeah, yeah it was It was like, it, I think, no, it wasn't It wasn't Boomer Dad. I don't think Boomer Dad d- teamed up with the corporate bootlickers. No, he went off on his own. Yeah, yeah, he went, he went, he went rogue. So that, the corporate bootlickers, uh, it is the team of the COO, the fucking weird Wendell dude, a giant fat guy with a beard who is unnamed. Yeah. And Terry, who is like the one English guy yeah. from like overseas, who has a family and like is friends with Mike Milk. He's kind of that dude who joins the mean group because he wants to be accepted, but he's not as tough. And that's yeah. why that's it's why like I, shitting his pants the whole time. Yeah. That's why I wanted to bring up because like with both of these movies, it describes how people in who are awkward or social outcasts, when they are given like the little bit of power, their whole dynamic changes in a dire situation. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Stanford prison experiment. I've read <laughs> yes. and heard a lot about that in my psych classes. It's if do you what, want to explain it for people who don't know what it is? Uh, so this was an experiment. I think this happened in what the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So like in Stanford, they were running a psychological experiment where they wanted to see how people react in positions of power. So they had a group of young men. Half of them were assigned to be prisoners, and half of them were assigned to be prison guards. Now they didn't really give them any other instructions besides that. But the people were basically in the school in like a lower part, which they converted into like a makeshift prison. And they they set them loose for about three weeks to see how they would react. And the people who were in charge uh, as prison guards were acting very violently towards the prisoners, basically like robbing them of all humanity, humiliating them. And they were never told to do this. But given that position of power, they automatically came into that uh, idea of how they should treat the prisoners. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I felt like was with that particular group. Um, they were kind of just like Wendell, especially is like the prime example. He's like a nobody. He's a creep. Doesn't take no for an answer from like girls. Like he's just a bad person. Well, they tried to use the, uh, the, uh, excuse that they were trying to stay alive to protect their families, like trying to justify what they were doing. And it ended up just being like, kind of, they were hiding behind the fact that they're like, they're all probably violent inherently. I think, honestly, all humans are inherently violent. We just do a really good job at keeping it down, you know? A good, uh, to, to um, uh, play off of that, Justine, uh, I think it, like, movies like this, I think it really depends on what your outlook on humanity is Definitely. as a whole into how you are going to portray these characters interacting with this situation. So you're going to mm-hmm. have... Clearly, you're going to have people who attempt to, like, get together and then control the situation and Definitely. then do um, what they want. And then you have people like, you know, like, like MVP Evan, the security guard. Yeah. Is the, is the great. He stood in the line of duty. Yeah, <laughs> and he protected was like these pure people. justice. He represented justice and ultimately was shot down. Well, he was stabbed down, actually. Yeah, he got stabbed <laughs> yeah. in the stomach. That sucks. There was, oh, that made me so sad. There was that excellent scene where... Barry, the COO, wants the guns. And Evan has the keys. He's the security guard. And he says, you know, I think it's best I hold on to these. He says, well, you understand, Evan, you work for me. 
yeah give me the fucking keys and he's like well if that's the, if that's the thing i quit and i'm gonna hold on to these which is like <laughs> lawful good in its best form i loved how excited they were in the elevator after the main character what's his name mulch uh, michael milch. milch he shoots the the, the gas blowtorch. canister for the blowtorch and then they yeah. get into the elevator and he's like yo that was hardcore <laughs> <laughs> now they know who they're fucking with yeah. what was that line that one girl said she was like are you gonna suck his dick yeah she's like, you want to blow him and just get it over with <laughs> <laughs> well um mitch what were the other groups that you grouped up in like the in okay. within yeah, you all right so one. so all right so while watching this movie I was rooting for people. You know, you root for people yeah, in these movies. It's a battle royale, so you're like, You know, yes. we also, me and Mur also kind of went over, like, I kind of went over my head, like, what would I actually do, like, ahead of time? Because they're like, they introduced the situation where you're in danger and whatnot. And then I'll, I'll go over that, of course, in a little bit. But the groups that I had set aside, the teams I had were the Cubicle Gabbers. I forget their names, but Danny was one of them at a time because she just showed up as like the new one, and it's the two yeah. cubicle, you know, it's the, the gossip gals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, are, yeah, the oh, uh, yeah, the okay. cubicle gabbers, basically, is what I called so, them. I think it was what the black girl, the gay dude, and then, and then Danny was hanging out with them. Yeah, but she Danny. goes rogue later on though. And then probably the lady with glasses who talks to the nerd next to her. Yeah, who's like always fiddling with something and has like ants for pets i think yeah yeah <laughs> so like all those people i think fit into that category he's also that actor the he's the guy who's like oh everything's fine it's great and then his head blows up yeah he's in a really good show called um silicone valley if yep. you haven't seen it it's a great mm -hmm. it's a great show if you haven't seen it but he's in there regardless um so that was one of the teams where the uh, the cubicle gabbers i called them that uh, i have the mechanics so lonnie they're like the, the and, what's up lonnie and what's his name merle no, it's not. No, Merle. it's not Merle, but it, it might as no, well be the oh, same actor. Uh, it's Lonnie and Bud. Bud. Really, they just called him Bud. Oh, I yeah. liked them because in the very beginning, they're like trying to work things out. They're like buddy buddy and everything, and then his 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 buddy just breaks. Of course, what a yeah, sad he death. Under fear, yeah, it was really the saddest death. Yeah. That's like the first one too. I was expecting him to make it a lot further, just considering like the characters he's played. You yeah. know. He My seems opinion. like a pretty tough dude, but he was taken down by surprise. I mean, that's a thing. Like, to the head. Oh, he his friend was just cowering in fear, and it was the someone turned the alarm on. Yeah, and then it was just like adding to it. So he just like just broke under pressure, and Danny was there to actually watch it. And Danny actually gets the kill on Lonnie. Yeah, she and pushes him back by accident into some nails. The, there's the one scene where the uh, her and the gay guy get into the elevator, and they're like. So to win this game, the person with the most kills yeah. will, win, will be able to leave. Gives the uh, tally. Danny has one kill. The guy stops hugging her. Takes his arm off of her. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's <laughs> just removes his arm from her He's shoulder. Like, no, He's excuse like, me, right. I don't think we can okay. do that. <laughs> Did you have any more groups or no? Uh, I well, Boomer Dad isn't really a group, but I just liked him. No, he, he just went comes, rogue. Yeah, he went rogue <laughs> and rolls out with the fucking Molotovs and whatnot. So I was I was stoked on Boomer Dad. Evan, the security guard, we already talked about him, MVP. The stoner cooks. And then there's the stoner cooks, which are all great. You have another, like, oh, man. You have, like, the Kevin of the office hanging out with him. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, the shit's from Panama. It's not that strong. No, right? <laughs> I think I saw some fucking comment while, while looking up stuff for this movie. I saw some comment about it that was, like, why didn't they check? How did he get his weed in there if they were checking everyone who's, like, That's Panama true. shit's not that strong? It's <laughs> like it's so uh, stupid. Anyway, <laughs> that's all the group. That's the all the groups I really have, and the corporate bootlickers, of course. Ah, uh, bootlickers. <laughs> so, the situation that they're put in is pretty crazy. 
Um, if you haven't seen the movie, basically they're all locked in with giant titanium doors. They covered their bases with them escaping the building. They have implants in them that will explode if they try to take it off or tamper with it. Yeah. They have cameras set up in the house, in the uh, studio. And basically a intercom voice comes on the speaker and says, you have 30 minutes to kill two of your employees or 60 of you will die. Well, the th- the I think f- the first round it was four people. So they would double the number of people that were supposed to be. Yeah, killed. it got extreme after like the second. Yeah, and then one. they were like, okay, you got to kill 30 people. If you and don't, we'll it, kill yeah. 60. It turned into a battle royale like halfway through the movie where they're yeah. like, the person who has the most kills gets to leave. <laughs> right. So when when we were watching this, I considered like if this group, if I had to make the decision for this group of who lives and who dies to save you know, the other half of the group that's in there. I was just like, so I guess we're rounding up people with no children, old people first. And then like, I was started yeah. like going into it. Like, how would I break this down? And I was, it was a little macabre to honestly go about it like that. But it's interesting too, how, you know, they reacted in the situation. Like, how do you make order out of something so disorderly and so chaotic? And, you know, you have to start to ask questions like who deserves to live. And no one wants to ask that question, you know, because everybody deserves to live. I would not actively be involved in the decision making. I would go hide. And if anybody came to find me, I would kill them. That was, Same. <laughs> that's that was, what I would do. That was what I wanted to ask you. What would you, what would you guys do in the yeah, situation? I would for sure hide because you, the, it's like when you. So this works when you play like a battle royale game. If you hide most of the time, you're going to be in the top 10. You're going to be in the top 10. And then you just have to kill like two or three evil. Mm-hmm. Which is what Danny was doing. Well, yeah, I was of. actually <laughs> expecting her to make it through, yeah. but then her mistake was taking the elevator. Yep. <laughs> Which I don't think her character would really do. That was yeah. that was bad writing. She yeah, should have she should have like something else should have happened with her. Like she was on it the whole time. Yeah. She knew exactly what to do and then she just slips like that. She probably would have survived if she stayed at the bottom where she was, like behind those mm-hmm. boxes. Yeah. I think she would she could have stayed there probably the whole time. So then you got like a whole montage of like other people trying to figure out. Some people are arming themselves. Some people are trying to find a place to hide. Some people are trying to get the bombs out of people's heads so they could throw it out the wall. He does try. Yeah. And then they count down for him. He, he does it until like uh, two where he's just like, uh, I almost got it. Okay, fine. And well, I'm like talking about the stoner away. guys specifically, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. pull out the bombs. Yeah. They, they had a really smart plan taking the bombs out of people's heads who had already been killed. The bombs weren't detonated. And right. so they collected all these little mini bombs, which will come in handy later. Right. We'll see. It's, it's relevant. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> relevant to the it's a story. a secret tool to help us later. Yeah. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Um, that's funny. It plays yeah. the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> a little ping noise. Do you think teamwork works in situations like this? Mm. No. I feel like yes, but you're going to have to come to the reality that you might have to kill them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like what we do in magic, where you make teammates and then you kill them in the end. <laughs> You're like, team up with me to get the threat. Yeah, to be alliances. Although in this case, I would not form an alliance. This yeah. is like, what is that? What is that? There's this um, this paradox, or not? Maybe it's not a paradox, but it's like a philosophical illustration of like a train track. Oh. And you know, you put like there's a puppy on one side and a toddler on the other one, and you get to pick where the train goes. Does it no, run no, over the puppy no. or the toddler? Where puppy. Do- <laughs> okay no i'm just kidding the kid fuck here kids. was one of my things that fucking stood out i think that they should have did a lottery because that's kind of fucked up just like just grab people 
You I mean, mean when they're like all in the yeah in when the they're about lobby? to do the firing squad. Oh, okay, yeah, and for like real. there was one chick. She gave a bad look at Wendell, and he's like, "Yeah, you're coming with me." <laughs> just like fuck. Well, one dude does propose that. He's like, "Yeah, it's the British dude." He's like, yeah. it should be a lottery. Like we, and then he's like, don't you ever undermine me again. Yeah, he was like, don't you ever <laughs> try to undermine me. Like, just fucking not even going to paint it black. Just going to just fucking go for I'm it. I'm surprised he didn't shoot him, honestly. I thought he was going to shoot him. Same. Like, that I, That would have been... I feel like it would have been a good moment for him to, like, solidify how just how nuts he is <laughs> by just, like, killing the dude on the spot. But he actually was pretty apprehensive to kill them. It definitely takes a while to realize, like, his true character, yeah. you know, because he really did try to keep it together for a while. But at some point, it kind of came to the point. I don't know. I feel like the training kicked in from his, oh, his yeah, past, totally. you know, and who knows what else kicked in. Gets into, like, the killer mindset. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's totally a thing. Gets the military you know, training. Yeah, if you're in a heightened situation, adrenaline's high, risk is high, you know, you switch into the modes, you know, that will help you carry through that moment we'll talk about this again when we talk about the girl who took like eight bullet shots and still kept attacking that dude oh yeah <laughs> in the end of battle royale oh yeah she takes like eight shots to the chest and is still trying to kill this guy fucking adrenaline out the ass for that scene you're like oh wow all right she's still alive <laughs> but agreed how did you feel about i mean like you basically go down this thing the 60 people are dead because they didn't reach the the time limit it gets down to like the last like 10 or so. And that's when it's like the kill montage basically of everyone just trying to survive. I think they could have had more. They could have added more to the center of the script to allow people to show what they would do in the situation because 30 people just get killed randomly. Like it's not because of what they've done to each other. It's just because they didn't get enough kills in time. And it's like you sped up the script suddenly when it should have been like mapped out a little bit more because you have an entire building to use. For the hunting of people right. and you didn't use all of it. So it's like, I think they could have added in more to the they script. They could have had more cubicle fights. Yeah, I they could have done so much more. That their setting could have been involved more, but it was really just focused on the human interaction. It right. wasn't their interaction with the environment as much. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go full blown into the like what this movie did, you should have... You should have had people sit down and be like, what kind of ridiculous kills can you have in this movie? Because that's what I, it kind of came to. I mean... Like, where is the shot of someone getting their head smashed inside of a copier? And then it starts spitting right. out copies yeah. of, like, their crushed skull head. on the inside of it? Yeah, right? I would have loved right? to see Where that. is the scalding hot coffee burns? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, where, yeah where, where is this? Where uh, are these? That's some, like, Metalocalypse shit, Where's the honestly. guy that gets Melt his face off with some fucking coffee? Where's the guy that someone grabs him by the necktie and puts him in the paper shredder? Also, paper oh. shredder kill. Yes, a paper shredder. They have industrial yeah. paper shredders in I mean, those places, this, and they're nuts. I mean, these are just good ways to like blend the horror and comedy that right. make it work a little bit better if you're trying to do that. And that may not have been the purpose of this movie in general. Might have just been to add some light comedic bits into like a very serious situation i feel like in this case you kind of have to emphasize the comedy a little more because when you sprinkle it into a very serious movie it feels so out of place yeah i wanted to talk about the songs in this movie the selections that were used in the most inappropriate parts uh yeah like the operatic singing <laughs> during certain moments I feel like it called for it. I don't know. Whenever I see really violent, tragic scenes, I want opera music or some mm. sort of classical music. I'm not talking about that, but I, mm. I do I do know that I, I enjoy that. That's why, like, Battle Royale, when they're killing everyone to the Requiem, it works so well. Oh, I think yeah. it's overused, but that's just my personal opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, it at is that overused. Point, at that point, I don't think it was used. <laughs> no, as often. it was not. You're right. Mm-hmm. The, but, the '70s film, like when it came out, that was not a common thing to do. Yeah. So they kind of set the bar for what what the, that was. What I'm talking about is the firing squad scene to the fucking Mexican music. Oh, fucking a cover of what was it? It's California, California Dream. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how to feel about it. Uh, I, was, I was just like this, like it. It's kind of macabre, but it's kind of trying to be funny. I don't know. I felt like it was trying to be funny, and it, it didn't pass off very well. Boom! <laughs> that was that was very violent. Like that was like, oh shit! Like there's heads exploding <laughs> in the scene. Very sad to see the the one Mexican lady who actually got out of there yeah, to get real. fucking burned by a Molotov. That was brutal, honestly. Yeah, she really got roasted. That I feel terrible. like getting burned alive is probably the worst thing that yeah. could happen Yo, to somebody. She was smart, though. She Did you see that? Like, she was on the stairwell, playing and she put, dead. she put her head up against a blood splat and was just playing dead. I actually, I, it's kind of sad, but I remember reading somewhere about what to do in the case of a school shooting or any sort right. of shooting in general is to play dead, put blood on yourself, and hide under a dead body. Yikes. Just saying. I mean, it would work. Yeah. yeah. They're not checking bodies, unless the dude's, like, extra crazy and just putting two in someone's head every time he came across a body. Right. Which sometimes I don't think happens. they usually don't have time for that, though. I think they're just, like, running through and just mm-hmm. hitting as Yeah, they got shit possible. on their mind. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, usually a bullet. Um, anyways... <laughs> <laughs> how'd you feel about the ending with the twist i liked it i think it, they like left themselves room to keep it going if they really wanted to but also like they probably won't just to make you feel like oh there's a much more elaborate scheme going on here but i just don't know where they would take it like what what happens next i thought it was weird that it was uh like a a voice thing and it kind of felt like a rat an experiment and something that we can't even fathom i can't even think of how it would be for the part two, at least. I feel like the part two would be sort of like what they did with one of the Hunger Games where they bring back all of the people that survived. Oh, yeah. They do like a champion's version of it. Yeah. All stars. That was brutal, actually. Yeah. In in the fucking book when they did that because they thought they were all safe. Like they right. would never be brought back into the tournament again. It's like, okay, I went through this traumatic event. I survived it. I should be good, right? No. Right? What, what if... It's just <laughs> Belco kill pay per view. <laughs> we did these experiments all over what the is world. This death race. <laughs> I mean, I was seventy-seven killers from across the globe. What, One ring. <laughs> what really? What really? Sunday. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is a great analogy to football. I love it. Football. Okay. Anyways. Monday night football. <laughs> I just thought it was weird how it's like, all right, so we want to know how you're feeling exactly right now in this moment. Oh Are you God. feeling A, sad? The dude B, with the pencil confused? who's just super interested. And he gets the jump on them with the bombs that, that we mentioned great. earlier. He's like, ha I put the bombs on so you earlier. So fucking badass move because he ran the risk of exploding himself. Yeah. And he almost did it too. Yeah. He was the very last one on the board, so he got lucky that he didn't hit his own. But he planted all of the bombs on them and then exploded them. And I was like, "That's a that was a good move." Then he fucking grabs the gun and just unloads on the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck this cameraman. Oh man, I, I thought it was interesting because you see all different types of languages with the Belco name on it near the end at the as it pans out. Yeah, it's happening in Russia, Japan, Brazil. It's all it's all crazy, man. It's all in my head, man. I love that dude. I love the the stoner archetype who they put into horror movies, like what they did in Cabin in the Woods. 
Except in that movie, he actually like discovered everything. He like found the camera and was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and was like freaking <laughs> out because he's so high. <laughs> you guys, want to talk about battle royale? Yeah. Yeah, this is a good time to move into battle royale. Yeah. Yeah. Battle Royale, as they said, and accepted. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I forgot. Are you talking about that weird college movie? Yeah, that weird college movie. Mo- movie. So where they make like a fake college, right? Yeah. And just start doing weird yeah, shit. Yeah, such a good movie. The main <laughs> guy is just like, I want to fucking fight you. And the bad guy's like, yeah, I want to fight. And the guy with the carrot top and the fucking headband is just like, Battle Royale. <laughs> Same movie that has the ask me about my wiener line. Ask me about my wiener. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Never changed. What's that dude? Jacob fucking. Who? The guy. Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. Jonah yeah. Hill, not Jacob. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. <laughs> this is when he was like doing a bunch of just random comedy movies. <laughs> All right. So I guess we could just start on Battle Royale production notes. Yeah. Okay. So it was released in 2000. It was directed by. Kinji Fukusaku, and written by his son, Kenta Fukusaku. Oh, shit. I didn't know it was and, a, uh, a, a team like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the manga, Mitch? Um, you mean the book that was not a manga? So you want to talk about the manga? No. <laughs> you want to talk about the manga? <laughs> There's both, Mitch. <laughs> there is? For this yes, for yeah, Battle yeah, Royale? Yeah. So the first, the, first um, the book Battle Royale, was oh, released okay. in 1999, the very first printing. Potentially the most evil book that exists, although there are other ones. For it was written on 666 pages. Oh, wow. So bum, anyway, bum, bum. it is the most evil book. That's funny. I wonder anyway, if that was intentional. I'm sure. I, it might have been. It might have been, or it might have been just one of those situations you get it like that when you go to the store and you buy something, your total comes out to be 666 cents. <laughs> I you know, feel six, like the dude was writing, and he was like, oh, man, I'm pretty close to 666 right. pages. Let me just add a little extra so we can get there. Ooh, I this would. will freak everybody if out. I was writing something, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to add another page. Uh, do you guys ever get mad when you buy something at the grocery store, and it's 419? You're like, one more cent. Come on. Oh, I, I do that with gas. I get mad as hell if it's like not an even number. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, you spent $10.02. And I'm like, fuck. God damn it. Can we at least make this like 1025? Yeah. I just keep going to the next dollar. I don't give a fuck. Um back to the production. <laughs> anyway, back to our production. Notes I digress on... from my gas tendencies. <laughs> Your gas tendencies. Yeah, you are pretty gassy, just saying. It's true. Uh, the film uh, had a <laughs> The film had a budget of 4.5 million and it grossed 30.6 million in the box office. Wait, Ooh, wait. Wee. It was what compared against what? 4.5 million and they made 30.6 million. Damn, they made a good amount then. Mm-hmm. It is one of the top 10 highest grossing films in Japan. Oh, uh, okay. Nice. I believe. What I wonder what else is before it then. Uh, we got Shin Godzilla up there. Oh, that's all. Oh, okay. Know. I see it. <laughs> yes, Shin Godzilla's yeah. number 1. No. Uh, the film is considered highly controversial and was banned in several countries after release. Yeah. It was given an R+15 rating in Japan, which is they're very all rare. children. Yeah. That was something that was a little best. surprising to me because, you know, in the U.S., the R rating is for 18 and up. Right. Versus in Japan, it's 15 and up. Totally cultural thing. It goes to show the, like, maturity expectations that right. are across cultures, and which you, I think plays a lot into this film. It's weird, too, because in Japan, they have the higher arc system within schools. You got A class to yes. E class. Mm-hmm. So if you're a bad fucking kid, you're in E class. 
and everybody knows it. <laughs> and yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah. It's public knowledge that you're in this category. <laughs> Not only that, but even rankings within those classes. Yeah, exactly. Are you number one in your A class? Are you number one in your E class? Well, they even tied it into the movie where the kid who was top ranking got to leave first and he had a crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> so like he had like the best gear. <laughs> That was pretty funny. But I also like how the the foreign exchange, not the exchange, the exchange student, this is like, this ain't my fucking bag. That's my fucking yeah, bag. Yeah, it comes back mm-hmm. for a different one. He probably had something whack in there. It was like, I need to exchange this. Um, the director, Kinji Kukasaku, died in 2003 due to prostate cancer and he, while he was on set making Battle Royale 2 Requiem. Damn. Uh, his son picked up the script and finished the movie for him, though. It's oh, dedicated shit. to him. Uh, we're going to go through some actors real quick. Tatsuya Fujiwara as Shuya Nanahara, Aki Maeda as Nariko Nakagawa, and Taro Yamamoto as Shogo Kawada. One guy that's super notable here is Takeshi Kitano, though. And if you don't know him, he's like one of the most, he's like one of the top 10 most famous people in Japan. Yeah. He's the teacher in the movie. Yeah. He is a comedian, mm. an actor, a game show host, and a film director. I've definitely seen him before. <laughs> I wasn't sure where, but seeing that he's done so much, I've probably just seen him along the way. He likes being in films that Takashi Mike makes. Uh-huh. He's been in a bunch of his films. <laughs> his, his like entire like his wiki page is just filled with so much shit. He he does a lot. Um so in in the process of making the movie. Over six thousand students were in the initial process to be to play in the part, and then it was cut down to eight hundred. They were made as finalists, quote unquote, and they had to endure intense training and rigorous exercise to make it into the final final cut. Oh, dang. so out of the six hundred, only forty-two of the actors made the cut. So in a way, they did their own sort of battle royale <laughs> to determine who was going to even play in this movie. Yeah. And they also did all of their own stunts. Every oh. kid here does not have Respectable. a stunt So that kid Noice. literally jumped off a building with a fucking katana. Oh, damn. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. Props. Um, But this Battle Royale is one of those movies that it's like an important thing in film because it basically made its own genre. Right. So the Battle Royale format had not really been done in film. You versus this. everyone or a group yeah. of you versus everyone. You know, the closest I think you got was like the one final person who fights like a bunch of monsters. But that's not like that. It's not exactly Battle Royale. This is like what kind of brought that in from other media. I mean, it kind of takes it um, from like survival horror, I guess, in a way it takes that type of thing. Like who's going to live through all of this mayhem? That's the thing. Like nowadays, Battle Royale is everywhere because of the recent insurge of video games that use the mechanic. It's like a it's a mode in the game or it's the game itself in cases like Fortnite or PUBG. I like Apex Legends. Apex Legends is trash. All right. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> but yeah, like now it's the battle, literally all of the League of Legends players. The but go battle Roy- <laughs> <laughs> The Battle Royale uh industry though. Yeah. makes billions of dollars today. Oh yeah. I mean, not only in like digital currency but just like everything that is going on with kids are just playing these games for fucking fun they want to be number one they want that dub <laughs> they want the special skins they want them v bucks mom <laughs> do all the microtransactions. yeah it's like murdering video games right now i mean now they even made the travis scott burger oh my god oh shit i was just talking about that yesterday yeah, you showed oh, me the picture shit. of it <laughs> hey i'm sorry i don't like to be a corporate shill 
but it's bomb. <laughs> fuck McDonald's. Yeah, fuck McDonald's, but th- that shit was pretty good. Ah. <laughs> uh, also in April 2013, like 17 years later. No, no, no. How many years is that? No, it was 13 years later for some fucking reason. The movie was put into a youth endangering index and was made heavily illegal to sell and buy copies in Germany. I believe that. And all hard copies of the movie were confiscated by the German police. Well, shit. I mean, after you had the Nazi youth, I'm sure they're kind of like, we shouldn't do shit like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you do this? It's 2013. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, they're like, let's not. Um, and then in 2017, the index was revoked. So you can now buy and sell the uh, movie today. Weird. There's a lot of weird stuff on ban lists. Right. <laughs> so I want to know, what were your initial thoughts on Battle Royale? I remember watching this movie a few years ago, and I was really fucking high when I watched it. I couldn't get through it because it felt way too intense for me. But watching it again, it was actually really enjoyable. Like, there was an interesting storyline. There was very interesting characters. You got to get into their backstories, which explained the way that they reacted in the situation, which I feel was really good to include because a lot of how we react in situations is based off of how we've reacted to situations in the past and things that we've experienced. I felt like it was a little bit too melodramatic at some points. But I mean, I think it's just personal taste because I was like, it took me out of it whenever they like had these sentimental moments in the middle of like someone getting axe murdered. So I was just like, it's the same thing that happened with the Bucko experiment where the transitions were a little weird. Are you talking about like where they have flashbacks to the basketball game? Yeah, either that or they're like, I loved you. And then the girl's like, you never spoke to me. But like, you're like, what the fuck are these moments? <laughs> she dead ass was like, you've never spoken to me like ever. How would what I are know? you talking about? <laughs> As he got shot like four times. So it was just like th- those moments kind of like took me out of this game because I'm like, what is this shit, dude? Like, I don't need to know. It, it hit me like Naruto hits you where you're like, I don't need these flashbacks for Man, what the fuck is happening. Why is Naruto like half of it is just flashbacks? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, I couldn't do it. And they take five episodes to resolve the issue. Some but anyways. Ball-y shit. <laughs> it that This movie definitely feels like a manga to me. <laughs> yeah. It And it's not even based off of a manga it's based off a book so it's like it's yeah. so i'm wondering if the book is very manga-esque and how things and how things portray are portrayed so that, that that i found very interesting um i really like battle royale though um i've seen it before i watched like on a recommendation for a friend a long time ago and i thought it was pretty pretty fucking cool um i do there's a lot of fun scenes in this one too that are really hilarious and they also capture like that um, like that fascist rule sort of I- idea like really well for something like this especially when it brings up like the girl explaining all the stuff in the beginning and then he like claps along he like claps along with her like all excited because she's up on the screen talking about shit i don't know it's so funny i don't know i i really enjoyed battle royale though when i when i first like my first viewing and my second viewing was even more fun this is my third time seeing battle royale the first time, I th- just thought it was a really fun gore fest. The second time, I thought it was really interesting, but I didn't really dig it as much. This time, though, I've watched a lot more anime, and it's safe to say Battle Royale is an anime, and it's fun. <laughs> the kills are, like, super creative. The idea and premise is super original for the time, 
And I like how everyone gets random weapons and they make a danger zone, which is later present in the video games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was one thing, is they mentioned the danger zones in the movie, but it wasn't exactly shown that these areas were dangerous. There was never any sort of, like, I don't know, mines going off or anything. Did I miss it? Like, what was the danger of those areas? Uh, if they're in those areas after the marked time, their collar will go off and they will oh, their okay. heads will explode. Ah, so. oh, okay. Did we did that actually happen though to anybody no. in the film? I don't think so. Or it could have happened off screen because yeah. that that body count we have forty two people to go. Because there's a lot of people who are not shown. Yeah, killed. like there's those two girls in the beginning that were like, you know, she ran off and said, "We'll always be friends," but it wasn't ever really explained how they were killed. You just see yeah. them dead at some point. Although I think they got shot because they seem to have a lot of holes in them. So. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of characters in here, and those two actually come up. You see them on the beach with like yeah. a giant sword in one of them and a knife in the back of <laughs> right, the other. Right, right, right. But you got like all sorts of shit going on in this movie. You got like the two people who are together killing themselves, yeah. and then the two best friends hanging themselves. Oh, as yeah. well and then you just got all this other stuff i mean you got the girl i'll get into it but there's a lot there's just a lot of groups and did you ever come up with a group name for some of these people no not really except for like the nerds i can't yeah. like the nerds are oh, there yeah, the hacking nerds yeah the hacking nerds <laughs> are my were favorite so close. Like, yeah they were they were so close they had a good method but homeboy of the crazy hair just had to fuck up everything yeah yo this is what makes this a manga though is because you have the trope of the frizzy-haired psychopath, which is in, like, countless, like, anime yes. manga things. They always have colored hair, too, yeah. to say. Mostly red. Yeah. <laughs> red or blonde, typically. They're always wearing, like, black. Like, oh. black jeans and a black coat. Well, they never wear their uniform appropriately. It's, like, yeah. untucked. They got, like, their Disheveled. tie untucked. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've also you've also got the, uh, the, the 16-year-old vet. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I've been here before, and now that I'm here, I'm here to end this game. Oh, you're talking about Showa Katawa. Yes. So you'll have to forgive me. There are thousands of names in these movies. That is an exaggeration, and I forget most of them. So it's just like, in the interest of not offending anybody, I'm just going to like... I will, I will describe Scythe Girl and Runner Girl (laughs) and things like that. Runner Girl is cool, though. Yeah. Runner Girl is the dopeness. I was hoping she would make it a lot further. Like, yeah, that's true. Me and my friend, we were cheering for Scythe Girl a lot because she was ruthless. And when you get oh, into yeah. her backstory, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it makes so much sense. That was uh, like her mom basically sold her, right? Yeah. It was so uncomfortable. And I was so glad that she actually killed a rapist. Yeah. Shit. That, that, was, that guy was creepy. He was like, look, this is a mini you. I took all yeah, his clothes off. Yeah, they did not now pull it's any your punches turn. with that. They were like, this is a blatant pedophile who was trying to get this little girl undressed, and you're like, oh, shit. She fucking killed him, though. Yeah. Pushes ass down the stairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Um, so th- I'm glad you bring up Runner Girl, because uh, Quentin Foot finished Tarantino. Uh, <laughs> this is his favorite film from the 2000s, is what he said. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I see the influence. It led to his inspiration for Kill Bill. Yeah. And where he actually features uh, Chiaki Kuriyama from BR yeah. as Gogo yep. in that movie. And she's badass. Who is movie. a great character in that movie. <laughs> she made that movie. Her eyes, dude. I fucking love that. She has some fucking crazy eyes. When the guy's like, I'm just going to force myself on you. She's like, I will resist you with every inch of my body until you fucking die. Comes out him with a knife. That was great. Fucking love it. I also like the line from Kill Bill where she's like, you can beg better than that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. 
okay mommy <laughs> she has a deep ass <laughs> voice like yeah. she's the, she has that uh japanese female voice that they use for villains where they're like super deep voice and you're like oh all right. i love it though i was so gay for that shit watching anime i was like yes speak more <laughs> that's great i love that <laughs> so it's like these guys are put into this situation from a fascist government like yeah. They're they're forced to. They thought they were going on a school trip, but every year, the fucking government has the BR Act, which enacts a very bad class of students to be put on the island to kill each other until one is left. Which is essentially them trying to teach respect, which is also what they played on in uh, Hunger Games. Yeah. Was that the reason for the Hunger Games was to put the other districts in con- well to have control over the other districts? Yeah. That's true. Hunt the Hunger Games got hella downplayed when they made the movies. Yeah. But like in the fucking the book, books are something else. Yeah. Fuck the movies. Read the books. <laughs> hey, wait. I got to bring up the joke. Which one? What do you call Hunger Games in Paris? <laughs> what? Battle Royale with cheese. Fuck off. I love it. had to i'm sorry i hate it i hate all i of love it, it. <laughs> so something that happens in this movie is a lot of people's trust is blurred and like that's right. the thing with a lot of these people some of them are friends some of them don't even talk to each other some of them hate each other so you have that one thing where it's like oh i wasn't really friends with your group but i think we could be friends i never had a problem with you she's like yeah I'm going to fucking kill you now. <laughs> Pretty much. Either Trust that no or they were. Yeah, exactly. This is why I say that you shouldn't have teams in this kind of situations yeah. because when it comes down to it, people will crack under pressure. It might not be you, but it might be someone you chose to put your trust in. And in that case, it might as well be your fault. Well, ironically, the only way that that ended up like not working was in the Hunger Games when they're like, fuck it, we're both going to kill ourselves at the right. end of the first one. And then they're like, wait, you guys both win. <laughs> So I wonder if maybe something similar would have happened if the two final people would have been like, we're not playing this game and would have been like pretty much rebelling against what they had created for them. Well, in a sense, they did choose not to play the game because they both escaped and essentially became fugitives. Right. Exactly. They, I don't think they actually killed anyone at all either. Only not, by accident. Only, accident. Or only Oki, yeah. who accidentally falls on his own axe. But... That brings up the chick who witnessed the death who wants to kill Nanahara. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think the fucking lighthouse scene in this movie is the best fucking scene in the movie. Yeah. I think it's it really shows like what happens when people... I say this a lot, but what happens when people are under pressure. It takes one thing to set them off. The trust is already really blurred in that moment. And even before that, you don't really know who you can trust. And then, you know, you say you got to start asking questions. People start questioning each other. People start trying to expose things that aren't actually there. Everybody gets crazy. Everybody gets violent because they're scared. Then someone reaches for the gun. Yeah. And then it sets off a chain reaction of chaos. That chick was wild, though. She's yeah. like, she went for the gun. That means she's fucking wrong. That's That means she's the one who poisoned her. I just want to talk about that girl with the glasses that got shot a few times and was still trying to shoot them. Are you talking about the one with the crazy hair? Yeah. Yo, best girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the long hair? She's beautiful. 
But then again, I have to realize that these are fucking children. I hate fucking Japan for doing this to me. Oh, yeah. This is like a consistent thing. That was something I noticed, too, in a lot of, uh, you know, animes that I've watched is I feel like the characters are always put into very mature roles, but they're always like high school age. Yeah. Which, like I said before, I feel like is very indicative of the maturity levels people are expected of in different cultures. Because there's definitely kids in Japan and other Asian cultures are expected to have a lot more going for them and a lot more responsibility. Right. Which can put a lot of pressure on someone, which I feel like this movie kind of was geared towards is what does the pressure of school bring? Oh, yeah, exactly. They they have so much pressure on them from these systems. On the note of, of pressure in of pressure in uh, uh, Japanese schooling and whatnot, on, on that note, I wanted to bring up an interesting um, historical reference that I might be able to bring into this. So, as we're all aware, in, uh, in World War II history, we're all aware that in 1945, there were two nuclear bombs dropped on Japan. Hagasaka, Hagasaka, Nagasaki. Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Thank you. Yeah. Excuse me. And so... You have a whole bunch of like like society like in, first of all infrastructure fallout. You have like a mass amount of people that just died, and then you have like so then it falls on the society to build everything back up. And so you have more intensity in labor. You have more intensity in schooling because everyone's expected to do way better now and more of a focus on morality. Yeah, and also I want to say like um, having a collective mindset. I mean that was already definitely present in the culture, but even more so now. I, I'm what I'm basically alluding to is that that particular event set in motion like this much more intense curriculum from what it already was. And so I think that this movie may be commenting on the intensity of the school system itself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even in other countries, too. I recall in high school, we had a foreign exchange student from China, and she was telling us how a lot of the buildings in the downtown area, the big skyscrapers, would all have nets around them because suicide rates were so high in those areas, particularly among students, because the pressures of school were just way too intense. Not only that, but the pressure to do well in school from your family. Because not being well in school means you won't be successful in a career, which is essentially going to be, like, not good for the rest of the family. Which I think is mirrored, like, excellently with, like, the class system that they always have. Like, yeah. you don't want to be in E-class. They are an example of what not to be. You should be striving for more. And then even so, it's portrayed in the movie with the father of uh, Nanahara. Mm -hmm. He, like, kills himself, hanging himself by a wire. And he's just like, you could do it, Shuya. I believe in you. On his like little scroll that he writes as he's like laying there dead. Like there's, I mean, in the beginning of the movie, they said that there was a giant recession. Like 10 million people were out of jobs. Like a bunch of people were just like, the pressure from society was rampant. And these are kids that are expected to have no future. You know, they like leave class just because they don't want to be there. Oh yeah. The fucking kid who did not ever go to class and then showed up for the school trip. Right. Gets because killed he first. was invited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, he shanked, he shanked the teacher also like in the yeah. middle, like, like stabbed yeah. him in the leg. Yep. That was wild. <laughs> so like, I understand why there would be that shift to like a more fascist state kind of thing with like given that fake scenario. But like, I don't think that, you know, we're too far along from that kind of shit happening now. What, like, the U.S. government doing that shit? Well, that's the, the thing, United like, States? or, you know, just, like, like that's the thing with, like, the growing rise in popularity of Battle Royale. Like, how many years is it going to be where people are like, you know what, Hunger Games, we could probably do that I mean, shit. we already have concentration camps, so. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not it's not too far off that they're gonna just place people in well, like at situations. what point in society am i gonna be like hey are you gonna watch the battle royale like fucking 25 people against each other to the death like gladiator matches yeah like i fucking think they'll do it first style. they'll do it first with prisoners and then they'll get into like getting the poor essentially <laughs> who are gonna be put into these situations so like death match like in fucking uh what's that movie death race and like other shit like that would definitely happen first because we don't give a fuck about the criminals, aka like quote unquote criminals, right? I I think that's it's really interesting because like we're in a weird time in society right now. We're like, I mean, we're this, this state's on fire, boys. Literally. <laughs> well, yeah, our it state, looks like yeah. Blade Runner twenty forty nine out there. So a little context: we're in California right now, and literally the entire West Coast is on fire. I believe there's over thirty wildfires burning from California to Washington right now. Some of the largest fires we've ever seen in their history, too. It's so many things comboing together. It's like a ridiculous amount of heat, dryness, drought, and people just setting off fucking pyrotechnics for a gender reveal. Didn't didn't set off the third impact, though. For what? Sorry, it's a reference. Oh, I missed it. What was it for? It's from Neon Genesis. I saw a meme that said, if your gender reveal doesn't cause the third impact, don't fucking invite me. (laughs) I'm upset. I should have known that one. (laughs) But that's the thing. I feel like this movie feels like an anime. Yeah. And, like, I feel a lot of the tropes from anime are present, but, like, the kills in this fucking movie are great. Like, you got the guy who's, who's, like, trying to run away on a fucking bicycle Gets fucking capped by the red-haired dude. Dude's like, I got a fucking sweet bulletproof vest. What now? Gets fucking decapitated. Yep. Grenade shoved in his mouth, thrown through a window. Like, Damn. <laughs> One thing I wanted to bring up, though, was sex was used in both of these movies. In Belko Experiment, there was that one executive who was like, uh, the, to the CEO, I know what you want, and I'll give it to you if you let me live. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Proceeds to break her neck. Yeah. He like twisted her head all, all the, way the way around. How do you just save ammo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what a twisted way of thinking. Yeah, for real. And then there was the scene where uh, Scythe Girl, she like, she's cleaning herself up after she's like, walks away from two completely naked bloody dudes who I could only presume that she like, are, like, basically tease them into getting there into that position so she can kill them well shit according to some things i've done I've, I've read a little bit on the synopsis of the book itself apparently that is exactly what happens though the movie doesn't really explain it they're just like too naked they guys. probably couldn't because they're all yeah. kids yeah exactly so but that's essentially yeah. what went down okay. though. Mm-hmm. and that's the thing like it brings up the question of what are you doing to keep yourself alive you guys that's the thing if you're putting this situation with a loved one like Say if you and Justine were put in this situation, oh, would you no. guys would you guys trust each other? I would trust Justine, but uh, I think I think us trying to protect each other would end up being the thing that gets us both killed. <laughs> <laughs> I I asked Salsa Verde what they thought, and they were like, "Well, we could all do group suicide, that, like giant I mean, group suicide." I wouldn't kill myself. I gotta say that. I would. Would it, you really? Well, like if it came down to that, I would definitely fight until I thought it was completely hopeless. Which the thing is, like, the nerds, they get their little thing going. They actually hack into the main system with the basketball. I love that because the dude is just randomly typing. He, <laughs> yeah. he is not putting any input. He is just going Keyboard ham on the smashing. keyboard. 
and then being like, yeah, Hacker Man. You're like, what the fuck? He even had time to do like a basketball fucking uh, animation along with his hack. Like it was just like a slam dunk. So I was like, dang, he had this much time. I feel like he already had it set up. That's like his go-to right. hacker, Avi. It's yeah, exactly. It's like a preset. <laughs> I thought one of the more intense scenes was the chick that was like, "I really hate you. You just fuck all the dudes, don't you? Like you are just a slut." Yeah, dude, that was intense. She was, she was just like, "You fucking whore," and you're like, "Oh damn, <laughs> this is like." And then she's like, "I, I saw our friend over there. She's dead. I checked the bathroom, and there's a tampon in the toilet." She didn't have her period, but I'm guessing you're on yours. And I was like, oh, this is intense. Ooh, Ooh Nancy Drew over here. That's uh, that's when she takes the gun from her, right? She has, like, the taser, the gun, and, like, the yeah, fucking Yeah, tases the gun and then fucking shoots her. I think she shoots her, right? Yes. Yes. The, the poison girl. The yeah. girl with the poison. That scene was nuts. Oh, yeah. That let's come back insane. to that. Yeah. Um, when they're in the lighthouse. And they had the main character. He had been found on the beach. They were taking care of him. And then, well. Yeah. And then um, I think the the younger one, the poison girl, is the one that saw him in the woods and assumed that he had killed that person. Yeah. Who I guess was like a friend or a crush of hers. Some, someone important to her. Yeah. And, Too many crushes And so she intended movie. to poison him. And then somebody else came in all excited. Like, yay. Oh, my God. Food. It's so good. Yum. And then eats it and then just dies. And uh, then the re- then then everything breaks out in panic at this point, and it is uncontrollable. And Poison Girl says nothing the whole time. She's just hiding under the desk the whole time. I mean, that's one way to kill a lot of people: is poisoning food like that. Yeah, but the fucking the chick with the glasses, like fucking full Rambo mode, was just fucking unloading that, leaping Uzi. over everything, fucking going ham. <laughs> How did people not run out of bullets though? Best yeah, girl. that's my question. Best girl. That's all I gotta say. Best Dude, girl. Psycho Hairboy has a billion bullets. Like he never has to unload a. He has to unload a clip one time. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, they give them pretty big sacks when they send them out so i feel like maybe there was some extra ammo just in had some a lot of, of ammo clips in there yeah and then you know if you happen to come by someone who's dead and left their stuff around loot them also there, true there were that's the thing you never see ammo yeah you never see ammo in this movie it was shown once uh i think when the the civil war dude not civil war the vet dude the 16 year old that had done yeah. it before he at some point pulls out a box of ammo when he gives them the gun yeah i remember that but that was the only time ammo was really shown i wanted to bring that character up what do you think about the exchange student who won the game previously and is in here now to infiltrate the government i thought he's pretty sick i mean he's like the epitome of what that rebellious character would be mm-hmm. and he like did a double fake on everybody which was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody really expected him to be the one person who was going to infiltrate. It's like, why are you guys, like, stringing me and my girlfriend along? It's like, well, isn't it obvious you guys are weak? Yeah. Like, your fangirl and binocular boy. Like, come on. He was yeah. so convincing that the dude was like, the game's over. Like, they won. The one dude won. Like, they didn't even confirm it. Because yeah, because their so systems convinced. are down. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also like his backstory, how he actually played the games with his girlfriend and uh, the girlfriend oh, right. fucking betrayed him. Yeah. Like, she gave him a hug and fucking put a nine millimeter in his stomach. Shit. <laughs> yeah. And he somehow survived to make it onto the next game. But here's the thing. Like, it makes you question your relationships to your friends, to your family, and to your loved ones. Like, could you do this kind of experiment or, or deal with them? Could you trust them? 
I think it also comes down to how much do you value your own life over someone else's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which like, could tie into a lot of other things, social issues. Do you how feel, much do you care about something that doesn't relate to you? If it was U.S. people in the same situation, everybody would only care about themselves. Because that's what we were, we grew up on that. We want to be the best at everything. So most people are selfish. That was another thing I wanted to mention. Do you think this movie would work if it were in English or like made by Americans? Or if how? it was made by Americans, it would have been Hunger Games. Yeah. Ah, boo. Yeah. Where they where they have all the, the essentially poor people are the only ones who get brought into this, and then a random like rich person who just wants to go hunting. <laughs> right. Is like what that is story it, is about. Didn't they make a movie about that recently? About about rich people hunting poor people. They did. We watched. We it. watched it at the drive-in, right? Yeah, I don't remember what it was called. Honestly, it was a very interesting concept. I mean, it was a good movie, though. Yeah, it okay. was. Well, it was the the idea was that a group of rich people decide like they would choose random people, bring them in, and then it turned into like the most dangerous game kind of thing where they mm. would go hunting them in this area. Little did they know they got the names mixed up with uh, one of them. Instead of getting some rando, they actually got this like war vet. Yeah. The she girl was... who ended up killing everybody. <laughs> she was fucking great. Yeah. She like is the most brutal, ruthless person in that movie. She also played in Glow. She was uh, yeah. Liberty Bell. Yep. <laughs> that that girl <laughs> is the main character. In that... God, what is that movie? Yeah, we got to look, look it up. <laughs> Do you Pause. guys... Uh see any sequels being made for either of these movies the belco experiment definitely set themselves up for a sequel but i don't think anything has been announced about any sort of sequel you know you know something i found interesting about battle royale as opposed to the belco experiment there was no suicide in belco experiment there's no, no part at all where someone like voluntarily offs themselves in that movie that's true. Whereas in whereas in this one, there's people who are just like, I won't be a part of this whatsoever. I'm done, sort of thing. Yeah, you got the two people that jump off the cliff. You got the people that hang themselves. I almost want to say that kind of ties into the religion of cultures because, you know, Americans, most Americans, if they are religious, are probably Christian, Catholic, or something like that. And in those religions, if you kill yourself, you don't get to heaven, basically, which is, like, probably the worst thing you can do. Oh, dang. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of the main reasons. Also, if it's a movie made for Americans, people don't respond well to suicide on screen. Yeah, definitely. As, like, audience members, people are just like, oh, no, like, why would you I don't want to watch Which this. is ironic, <laughs> considering you have, like, very violent things happening in this film. But a quick interjection, the movie's called The Hunt. <laughs> Okay, oh, which wow. came out this year, and it stars uh, Betty Gilpin as Crystal Creasy, and she is the she is like the ex war vet, and she also plays Liberty Bell and Glow, which is a, such a character switch. Oh yeah, because she's like this giddy, like very happy person in that show who's like a control freak, and then in this movie, she's like the complete opposite. She's not very Fucking talkative, badass. Yeah, she's very she got very shit much badass. Done. Um, and this film did not do well. Because uh, the hunt did not do well because people just didn't like the idea. They're like, it's too relevant. We don't want to <laughs> see a movie about rich people hunting poor people. Like, oh, this fuck. is not what's like. We don't need this movie right don't now. Don't remind me what kind of but country we live in. Was was it was it like released during COVID time though? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. That also might have to do a thing with it. Yeah, that's why it went like straight to, I think, DVD at some point. Right, because not many theaters were open. Yeah. We were only able to see it because the drive-ins were open. Yeah, drive-in had it. We watched that one and then another one with... Uh, Becky. We watched Becky, which was dope. <laughs> yeah, like this little girl takes out a couple home invaders. Yeah. Hey, it says Glenn Howerton's in there. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, sorry. I just had to bring it up. Um, Any other f- final questions well, before we wrap yeah, it up? Yeah, I have, I have one question. The relationship with the teacher. It's a big elephant in the room. It's kind of creepy with like that one with Nanahara's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Like how they like have the conversations where they're eating popsicles together. They dream about each other. He makes the weird painting with all the dead kids and her in the middle of it. Like, what did you feel about this? Like he doesn't, he has a water gun. He doesn't really uh, want to kill any of them. He I mean, he does cookies. have a real gun, but he doesn't use it at that point. Mm-hmm. He eats her cookies the entire film. I feel like this was sort of commentary on showing kindness to even people that you wouldn't normally show kindness to because you don't really know what people are capable of. I feel like that was a big theme throughout this movie is not knowing what people could possibly do. By extending kindness, you might prevent something from happening. And in that case, mm. she did extend kindness to him. But, you know, well, you know how that played out. Yeah, you and know. he did go in the game midway to give her an umbrella. That was weird. <laughs> but playing off that you don't un- you don't know the capabilities that people have. Let's just talk about the nerd that appears with a gun going A equals A X seven B squared <laughs> plus one and then fires. You never know. You never know. Uh um, I took it as that because she was such an innocent person in this whole situation that she was like that pure character. And like that's kind of what happens in film where the like the pure like virginal character usually gets to survive the ending of the film because she didn't do anything that was like considered sinful or like bad in the same way that people who have sex in films usually die in horror films. So that's the, what I taken off of it could also be an in- implied student teacher relationship. Also going inappropriate. On. Relationship. Yeah. That's what I was feeling. <laughs> but then we see like the scene with them eating the popsicles and she basically, I mean, I think it's like kind of that thing that Justine was saying. It's just like she was nice to him while all the kids were fucking terrible. Well, he to him. said his own kids hate him at well, some point. Like, okay, that scene though, where she goes to school and there's nobody there and it says, we don't, we're not coming to class because we don't want to. And he was yeah. he, in that moment, that was probably the moment where he's like, this person's pure, this person's nice. Yeah, because they actually came to class and then they, you know, were talking with him, trying to understand what was going on versus just judging at face value, just trying to see the person behind it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Did you guys have any favorite scenes Hmm. from either films? For myself, in the Belko experiment, I'd have to say... um, when the stoners are like taking out the bombs. Like I thought it was such a good idea. It was a good idea. And I, I just like their characters all around. I think Sean Gunn is a really fun actor. Like he's pretty funny in uh guardians of the galaxy. So his whole dynamic with him just like freaking out, thinking things are in his head. I just like that a lot. And then in battle Royale, the entire lighthouse scene, just, I will never forget that. I think my favorite moment out of both movies was the scene in Battle Royale 
uh, after the guy gets shot a bunch of times by crazy hair dude, exposes that he has a bulletproof vest on, and then crazy hair dude pops off the roof with a katana or some sort of sword. I love that. <laughs> what a twist. I, I see. So you've got the kid with the white helmet cruising around. And then Psycho Hair Boy lops his head off and throws his head into the house with the grenade in it. That was pretty great. I also, I honorable mention for the lighthouse scene, but I don't want to take Murs. Right, same. So, That's oh, really Yeah, I don't want to take Murs, so, so we'll go with that. And then Belko Experiment, either Boomer Dad coming in with the Molotov cocktails <laughs> out of Fuck. fucking nowhere. Just like, this dude means business right now. Like, let's go. Um, I love that. That was pretty great. And there's there's a bunch of like, good uh, Belco experiment ones though, yeah. And and there's that scene with uh, Evan, the security guard. Oh, oh rest okay. in peace, yeah, my yeah, boy. Uh, in the Belco experiment is probably when Wendell got the axe to the face. Yeah, that's a great fucking effect. They do like yes. a zoom in to like the head getting crushed, so some good special effects. That was so satisfying. I love oh, seeing creeps get yep. their heads crushed. <laughs> yes, you, you know that's my extremely. You know, my you know the, the the great thing they did with that character is they never had a moment where he ever got to like play out his creepiness on anyone. Really, yeah, exactly. You know, good. rather he was just kind of cre- yeah, exactly. And so he never got the opportunity. To, they never did that in the movie at all. They just fucking killed him because he's being a creeper. It's great. Yep, <laughs> and they also showed that in the end, he ended up begging for his life. He wasn't quite as badass as most people thought he would be. Like a fucking simp. <laughs> like a fucking pervert. Ugh. Don't call me a pervert. With a knife to her throat. Yeah, yeah, that was, or I think it was a butcher knife in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, what? Okay. And then for Battle Royale, there was a lot of shit in there that was really good. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like just really early on, the kid who runs out first who has the crossbow he didn't continue running he stayed out there to just off people immediately when they came out mm, so yeah. i was just like dang this kid really was like i'm about to murder people as soon as they come out the building he, he was the fat kid right yeah yeah, yeah. he when, was also yeah. top of the class so i mean it would have been a good strategy if he had hit himself better i'm just saying there, yeah there's also that one moment where he's like what the fuck am i doing like yeah. he even asks himself that yeah yep fucks up the other kid shoots him and then he just takes the crossbow from that, him that scene is so f- fucking weird because he's just like oh you drop you drop this yeah you go, buddy. Like, like, all <laughs> innocent yeah that was that was gnarly i think it also goes to show how much the first guy was unprepared for the situation you know right. considering he was top of the class i'm not making any assumptions about people who are who do well in school but they tend to be more sheltered i want to <laughs> yeah. say just the way the system is set up and he probably didn't have that much life experience not a whole lot of bad things happened to him versus the people who are lower in the class tend to be more of like they came from harsher backgrounds you know right that's but in a way they were at. also more prepared for the situation because they had been through traumatic events before that's true it played into their backstories too like you had a reason why they were pretty ruthless right like scythe girl you know she'd been through some shit yeah Yeah. holy shit i was gonna say honorable mention is when like she gets introduced and you see her with a flashlight like who's there and it flashes on her face and she just (laughs) smiles so creepily i know i was like this bitch is up to something (laughs) i don't trust you are is this oh are you here all alone i was like that was a great scene how like she grabs her she's like what's your weapon oh i got a I got this scythe. I, I thought it wouldn't really do much, but I want to fucking win. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> Slits her throat. The other scene I liked, which was hilarious, but it shouldn't have been funny, was when the 
exchange student with the crazy hair who was carrying like the Uzi half the movie. Yeah. How he gets the weapon. Yo! He shows up to the group of dudes who think they're all badass. And he's like... He has like a little paper fan with yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> he has a fucking fan in his bag. So he's like, I got to get myself some more weapons. And they all fuck up. Like, they all fuck up in that moment. He steals the gun, shoots everybody, and then the girl who's there, she's like, why? And then he kills her, too, and then takes all their shit. Dude gets five kills in, like, yeah. two seconds. You're like, oh, all right. Dude dealing means with business. Yeah, that's how... He, and then he just goes on a killing spree the rest of the movie. Some good fucking action in this movie. Uh, what would you guys rate the films? I'm going to give Battle Royale an eight. I'm going to give Belko a seven, six. <laughs> I also give Belco Experiment a six and Battle Royale like an eight. Uh, I would give uh, Belco Experiment a six and Battle Royale like a seven. Belco Experiment, I'll go with a six point five. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. It's it was a fun premise. I liked that a lot. Um, and, uh, battle Royale, I'll, st- I'll stick with an eight. I'll go with the majority of the group and I'll stick with an eight for that one. That one was definitely a lo- really enjoyable there. It's a very memorable film. Well, it's original and it's very original. So like when you see it for the first time, you're going to remember it. It's just not something that you just throw away. You kind of think about battle Royale every now and then, because you, you think about human nature from time to time and like it comes into part with how you're dealing with things in society. So, I think that's pretty much all I got to say. I I enjoyed both these films. Thanks for uh, watching them. Shit. Okay. You want you want to do the ending bit? Do the thing. Me? Yeah. Do, yeah. do the ending bit. Well, okay. Uh, I think that's about it. So, if you would like to uh, check out our social medias, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We also have. All of our episodes on the streaming sites, that being Spotify, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and now YouTube, as well as Stitcher and other places. iHeartRadio as well. iHeartRadio as well. Um, please make sure to leave us a review on our Apple Podcast. Give us a good review because it does help us out and helps more viewers get to us. And if you can, leave us a comment on any of our Instagram posts about movies that you like or movies that you thought. Maybe you disagree with us. Maybe you agree with us on some points, but every little bit of criticism helps us with the podcast. And also make sure to subscribe to our Patreon, uh, which we have bonus content from all of the uh, cast members, as well as bonus features like snippets and bloopers before the the show begins, as well as the outlines that we use for our episodes. And uh, I hope everyone has a good night. And thank you for coming here to my house to record this episode with me. your house wait a second i'm mitch (laughs) i'm mer i'm justine and i'm jonathan thank you yeah it's a good episode